0: We're together again. The mercenaries still
1: rolling solid. Hasn't really stopped never. I hope not. No, right through the uh, the last two days.
0: Yeah, you use the word never. Uh, are there certain words you don't use anymore?
1: Yeah. Which ones? Um um, that was a trick question, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, no, I no, mean, never. You gave me never. A, yeah. Never. You know, words I try not to use. Ooh, yeah. Good call. It's more. It's more like it. Um, never is one of those. Um, because you know, things will change is one I use all the time because they will. The laws of impermanence. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's um, what you see is gone before you know it. Mm-hmm. All that shines turns to rust. Yeah, man. It's like recovery and you have to stay with it you got to stay current yeah you know i mean everything changes and nothing is permanent so if you think about the big picture here i go Mm
0: -hmm. you know
1: you think about the big picture i have 74 years almost and i'll let you know when it's my birthday everybody but i have uh, 73 and 10 and so i'm very much aware of the value of impermanence. So I try to throw everything I have into the day. I look at my feet, you know, I know where I am. And that's the only way that I survived my early recovery. That was the thing that got me into recovery. And that's the thing I like to think is keeping me there. Uh, And that and some of the words that I try not to use. Like I'll never drink again. I'll never use again. Um, I'll never be unkind to anybody again. Um, those kind of things that just I have no control
0: over. I had an awesome coworker. Her name was Colleen, and she asked me to get rid of the word "should." That was a good one to to you know be aware of, to let go of, and to not use because you should all over yourself. and Man, if that is an inner inner monologue uh, word to help build resentment or discord, uh, I I personally think very heavily on that, that that word should is uh, not really helpful. Um, But to circle back around to something you were talking about, Lama, about putting more into your day and getting more out of your day. I've heard you mention that uh, recently you know it's like the the return is like tenfold or something along those lines where it's like you could tell how beneficial it is just to put more into your day
1: you know that I do that's where you live I watch that you know I listen to it when you speak to people Um, yeah I and where does it come from so it comes from in here he points to his chest chakra Uh, and what does it cost you what does it cost you mats to to throw yourself to fully invest in your day have you have you looked at your investment portfolio in the past and seen (laughs) what you've gotten out of it and said oh that's a pretty good return on that
0: yeah, it, the loaded question. It's going to cost some time, but it also doesn't cost anything to be a decent person to someone else and to listen to them and yeah, as the day goes on and it gets solid and and it gets rolling, it's like, why would I want it any other way? And and looking out for it at times where I'm I am negotiating with self and being like, "Oh, yeah, here I am doing that again. Let's get back to uh being other-centered, not self-centered."
1: When you talk to other people, I'm thinking of some little people in your lives, you know, words you, and, and did you say just a little while ago when you should all over yourself? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's not a good look, <laughs> no, really? right? I, I mean, how uh, miserable can you get with that I, word too? I, I, yeah, I was gonna say, we're, we're family friendly here, you know. So, okay, uh, all right, that's on me. When you talk to your kids, are you careful with your words? Most definitely. Most definitely. Is that active process? Or is that
0: something that just comes from you? I'd say it's it's way more natural now to just allow it to come out over the years, thanks to uh, a lot of good people helping me out with with how I speak and the words that I choose to use. It's it's important. I was talking to my daughter about possibly trying out for this team, you know, and I'm talking to her about just staying out of the outcome, just go have an experience. Um, I know that you know, my, I wasn't brought up that way. Uh, it's to no fault of family at all, but I feel like with uh, with a newfound knowledge of like staying out of outcomes and and how I choose to use my words is that's a, that's important, powerful stuff for me.
1: You you deal with a lot of kids, <laughs> you know, young and old. I mean, it's like, so don't you? you well, so just, yeah. yeah, you know, that's we're yeah. all pilgrims on this path. It's right. Uh but yeah, it, it's. I just spent two days with um, with my family and an extended family of sixty four people, and had my grandchildren there and my children there, and and I was I was thinking at one point, believe it or not, that you know, how we how we um, compose the way that we speak to our kids, how meaningful that is. So how we compose how we speak with people, uh, that three seconds before you speak, write speech, you know, to think before you speak, and we stay away from um, shooting all over ourselves. Uh, it's, it's not an easy task, but if we did spend the three seconds before we speak, what kind of speaking would we do?
0: It reminds me of another person, another colleague I used to work with. His name was Dan. And a lot of people would try to get a read on him to understand, like, what's this guy all about? Because he did a great job getting to the point where it was almost awkward when somebody would ask him a question. He would take at least three to five seconds, if not longer, to answer it because he he took the time to filter out, like, what he was thinking, what, what might be most helpful, and wouldn't just fly off the top of his head. He would get heart-centered, that heart, heart chakra, and he would try to his very best to speak from his heart. Another thing he would do, too, is like sometimes we'd be talking about, hey, how do we be helpful to this guy or this woman? And we all be talking about it, and Dan all of a sudden would go, has anybody asked this person? You know, like you're talking about being helpful to them, but has anybody sat down and asked them like how they're doing with it, you know, he would, he would always do such an awesome, awesome job of bringing it back to what's going to be most helpful. And he mentioned that there's a huge difference between, um, I'm worrying about something and I care about something. And changing the, those words on the internal and the perspective and the outlook and how that changes, man that that's that's creating my life, you know it's it's my power of choice and how I choose to think about things, my power of choice and the words that I use. And those are really powerful for me anyhow, Lama.
1: Yeah, that's a whole subtle vocabulary around that. I mean, everybody knows the difference between need and want, you know. Mm-hmm. because we tell our kids that we hear it growing up and so we're sensitive to that but as you just said that that whole subtle vocabulary around where if you just substitute if you just use another word it can change the whole way that you approach it it can move the conversation in another direction mm-hmm. uh, can lift a conversation right. yeah it's a, it is uh it ain't easy here you know no it's not and
0: and i guess i wouldn't have it any other way if it was easy it wouldn't be worth anything you know and and constantly having to catch the mind catching it doing its deal and then oh yeah that's right i have a lawn to cut you know and 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 that that switch in perspective every day and, you know, it's it's going to be that way for me anyhow. I, I don't know. Maybe I will be on a mountaintop someday, you know, but uh, it's not today. You know, yeah. It's a
1: long way to go. And, and at least this isn't the mountain maybe. Mm. You know, when right. you're up there, you see another mountain. Yep. Or as they call it in that book, the second mountain. Uh, or the 40 mountains in that uh, place in New Hampshire, the 40 mountains of uh, 4,000 feet above or something. Yep deep. Uh, my teacher was just like your friend, your colleague Dan. Um, Shono Suzuki Roshi, my first teacher, was when when you spoke with him, he just, I mean it was intense. He just looked at you. you just knew that he was he was savoring every word that you were saying. And then there was always that five, 10, 15 seconds awkward, Moment where he didn't say anything when you were done, and then he spoke, and he looked at you in the eyes when he listened, and he looked at you in the eyes when he spoke, and it was so powerful. It was so powerful, Um, and I I try to do that with people, because if you, you know, we're all look-arounders, you know, I'm looking around while I'm talking or looking around. And then we're so just waiting for you to finish what you got to say, so that we can say something about what that is. And if you have that that kind of intensity, it's not uncomfortable. It's it's meaningful. In reading certain literature, you know, I
0: don't read a book just to read a book. I read it to digest. Maybe take a piece out of it that I can continue to remember. On a daily basis, you know, calling it the training weights of the mind, and there was a book where I was reading about the importance of not formulating a rebuttal, like hearing something all the way through, hearing somebody all the way through, not formulating that rebuttal. That that's a practice as well.
1: Yeah, my uh, my Dharma my Dharma heir, my uh, first student, um, Scott talks about it, because I, at my age now, when I read, I mean, I, I was always a diligent outliner. You know, I had the yellow or the pink, never the green or the blue. Okay. But the yellow or the pink, and then, I, you know, just, and, and now I read the book, and then I go back and highlight the things I want to remember, and he always says, and it's true, that when you read the book again, it's not the same book and you're not the same person reading it.
0: It reminds me too of, like, in martial arts, doing certain forms and doing it over and over again and there's always something different to take away. And with that, I feel as if you can be helpful to yourself and other people. When you're constantly kind of just reapproaching things, mining for gold, uh, what is this person really trying to say with their body language? Maybe not so much with what they're saying with their words. What what what's what are we tr- truly trying to get at here? And and the same kind of that discipline of going over things again and again and again, not for perfection. I think that that is a Maybe a defilement they call it in Buddhism. Yep. I think that that you know, along those lines, it's not it's not helpful to do it to the point where you're hurting yourself, but doing it to just make it a practice and searching for what's something of real
1: value here. Yeah, it it um, it's the connection with people. You know that that if you keep it current, if you're engaged, and you. Uh, yeah, you listen. just
0: yeah you listen and you're truly trying to hear them out, um, where they're the most important person in the room that you're speaking to, and you're not, you know, concerned with what's going on at two o'clock in the afternoon. You can be present in the moment with them. Most therapeutic, anyhow, in my opinion. I know that's a clinical term, but it. The bottom line is is a being of maximum service to those.
1: Uh, how how cool it is when you when you, you go in a conversation. Again, your colleague Dan or my teacher, first teacher Suzuki Roshi, that when you're when you're done the conversation, you're just like, wow.
0: <laughs> I've got a couple of people like that in my life. Yeah, yeah, where I have a conversation with them and I'm just kind of awestruck. And it does. It takes like it could take like a few hours later, or it could take like a day or two later,
1: but like kind of get into what they were really saying. Yeah, and if you think about everybody out there in North Dakota that are listening today, um, You know, how often do we do that? How often do we let people know that we're really grateful to share with them? And I'm not trying to be you know, too Buddhist or too silly, but it's just everything seems to be casual. You know, the conversation. Hey, how are you doing? What's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, you throw the line out like you really don't give a shit what's going on, but yeah, you kind want of to just surface. Say it, or you yeah. really don't give a should. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you just bring it up, but to be to really engage with people, uh, I think that's for me. That's where I, I walk away from the conversation. And go, wow, that was pretty cool. Yep, count your
0: blessings, not your problems. Amen. Keep that going. Keep that train of thought going. And if you can only ever walk away with one thing, whether it's from a podcast or a support group or whatever it may be, hang on to that. Let that let that soak in. You know, take your time with it.
1: And, yeah, maybe it is from a podcast of Mets and a Monk. Because we're here for you on Radical, Radical Recovery, Recovery Radio. Radio. Ciao. See you.